Welcome to the Cup of Nurses podcast. Hello, guys. Welcome to the Cup of Nurses podcast with your host, Matt Srotrick and Peter Fernera, myself. We're doing episode six. Episode six today. How are you? I'm doing good. Nurse week is coming up. May 6th to May 12th. Yep. Who did it get started by? Florence Nightingale. So she's like the founder of modern day nursing, as we call it. And she was a huge involvement in nursing school. Did you have to write a paper about her? I did not write a paper about her, but I did uh, look her up for a little bit. Don't remember much about her. All I know is that she was a big person for nursing. Exactly. So shout out to the nurses for Nurses Week. Um, I feel like we don't get appreciated enough, right? Even though we are considered the most trusted profession in the United States, right? Yeah. Since when? Well, nursing started out at 380 with the Roman Empire. And as thousands of years has passed, we are now considered the most trusted profession in 2019. Good for us. Good for us. Even though it's probably the most stressful, wouldn't you say? Uh, it's definitely stressful. I'm sure we could both agree that nurses have a high level of responsibility. A minimal mistake um, can cause drastic consequences, life or death. So I believe a lot of us could use some mindfulness in our lives. I think so, especially with like stress in the workplace. Like, I don't know, like med search, probably not so as much, I would say. But in the ICU, like little things could make such a difference. Like one little example could be not checking your pump when Levo runs out or when is a next bag of Levo due. You let that pump run. You're in a different room. It's beeping. Nobody, nobody notices or the volume is kind of turned down on the pump. You could be SOL. Exactly. Yeah. And it's all about being mindful. Your mind is somewhere else. You're not thinking ahead or you are, you're thinking too far ahead instead of what's going on now. That or you're just busy, right. which happens as well. Yeah, that's true. So today, guys, we're going to talk about mindfulness. The exact definition of mindfulness is a mental state of achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensation. It's also used as a therapeutic technique. So it's being aware. Basically. So do you feel fully present right now? I do feel fully present. Um, a lot of times at work, I don't feel fully present, though. I like to feel fully present, but my mind, my mind does race. And I'm sure that happens to everybody. It doesn't matter what your profession is. And I think that's due to also our society and the way like things are going. So we're like in this super hyper stimulated state of being our mind is constantly getting cluttered with like sensory from the outside, from our cell phones, from our own minds, like, like look at notifications, like we're constantly getting them for little stuff like email pops up, this pops up. You're focusing on trying to read a book, and then your friend texts you, open this up, you try to read again. Oh, I, I was supposed to Google search this. And you're constantly just jumping back and forth between fighting to stay present in the moment, right? Exactly, yeah. Or just an autopilot where you think you know what you should be doing, and you just follow those repeated steps over and over again subconsciously. Like you're just walking around following a recipe. And a lot of times during that autopilot mode, Things go unnoticed. Mistakes happen because you're not changing your routine. That and like you could also be autopilot, like let's just say driving. I don't know for whoever, but did you guys ever notice when you guys are driving your car at one point of that um, you know destination, you're just like, oh, how did I get here? I don't know if you ever had that, but it's very, very weird. You're just like, damn, I'm not being aware of my own driving or what I'm doing. It's like your body just 
you, it's like you have your own software and you're just like, yeah, an autopilot. Exactly. It's scary. You went from point A to, to point B and you do not remember what happened in between. A lot of times that happens, like when they're nursing as well. Like how many times have you went into the room and like an isolation room, gowned up, and you're like, dang it, forgot the sun now. Forgot the glucometer. Exactly. And you go back outside, you bring it inside, and you're like, dang, I really want to do that dressing change. Now I got to go get the tachyderm. Mm-hmm. Or you're, gonna, you're just going to be like, hey, I'll just do it later. But that just delays time. So we're not not being very mindful. You know, you could have done everything all at once. You came out of isolation room twice, and now you sh- the tasks still aren't completed that you wanted yeah. to do. And it's hard to explain to somebody what mindfulness really is because it's a muscle. It's You have to train it over time, just like you go to the gym and we say that, you know, you do bicep curls. You do it consistently for three times a week for a month and it'll grow. Same thing with mindfulness. The more you utilize that tool, the way you, the more you become aware of it, the better it'll get, right? Exactly. And the more aware and the more you'll notice that, hey, this muscle, the mindfulness is being used in my life and it's helping me um, have less anxiety, have less stress, and maybe prevents depression or whatever the case might be. Yeah, mindfulness is a very wide scope definition. We each have our own view on mindfulness. Um, to me personally, mindfulness just means of being here and like we said, the present moment. And not really focusing on things you did yesterday or the, or the day before or the things that you have to do at home. It's more of things that you, that you got to do now. Um, do you have any, what is your personal definition of mindfulness? I would say so present moment, correct? Tapping into that. But it's also like noticing when your mind is wandering and when you have to bring the present moment to your life. So I'm, you know, going about my day, I'm doing things and then all of a sudden you catch yourself in this vicious cycle of planning your day, that happened, this happened, or some kind of emotional trigger. Some kind, Let's just say you get a text that brings an emotional trigger into your life, and then you go into the spiral loop of thoughts, and it's just affecting your whole entire day, right? Just like someone, someone, let's just say, pisses you off, you get angry, and then your whole day is basically projected in a negative way based on that one person, right? Exactly. Yeah. But in reality... Your day is going well. It's just the way the, your state of mind is where it's at. It's in a negative um, state of being because of what happens. So you have to just become aware of that. So right. mindfulness is just getting out of that mind-wandering dream state and being conscious and fully present in what you're doing right now. Yeah. It's like in a, it's a state of flow. And it's even documented in athletes. The ones that perform better they're able to shut off everything that's going around them and just hone in to like what they're doing. So, Yeah, to say I'm mindful or I'm present in the moment might sound a little cliche, but it's what everybody does that's successful in what they do, like sports athletes. I feel like it's definitely a fad though right it's, now. It's kind of blown up. Right, it's a fad, but in all honesty, mindfulness is, is very beneficial. Like sports athletes, they might not say they're being mindful, but they are present moment at each each like football, they're aware of everything around them at that moment. You know, they know where the quarterback is. If you're, if you're a linebacker, they know where the running back is. They know where everyone's positioned. Because if they think about something outside of their current job or their current task that they have to do, they're gonna fall behind. You know, they're gonna they're gonna lose. So it does sound a little cliche. Mindfulness, be present. You know, sounds all, all happy. I'm I'm happy. I'm mindful. But if you really think about it deep in the core, everyone needs to be mindful, and it just makes your life a whole lot better. Right. And then let's just say you becoming very self-aware of this mindfulness, once you actually develop this skill and practice some more and you start 
noticing when your mind wanders and how to like get back into this present moment, you'll basically go about your day. You'll notice how other people are mindful, right? Like I'll go to a grocery store and, you know, I'm talking to the cashier and I'm just saying random things. And you can tell that that person is not aware of the, the conversation. Like it's not even that she has a lot to do. She's ringing you up. She's just completely like somewhere else, somewhere else. Like her mind is like probably at home dealing with her problems. Exactly. And it kind of sucks, man, because you're disconnected from a human connection that you're trying to just interact with someone. And that's happening like more and more. Right. Like look at these kids with like phones, for example. We, for some reason, are very connected and hyper-connected, but we're so disconnected at the same time. And teenagers aren't realizing that they're walking like zombies and not interacting with anybody. Right. Yeah, we're hyper-connected with society and with whatever else, is, whatever is being done outside of us, but we're very not connected with ourselves. We're very disconnected with ourselves. Do you think it's like evolution where you have to just adapt and our mind has not adapted to what's in front of us or we, we weren't designed to take in so much stimulation with like everything? Um, I think it's evolution. We're not yet at that place where we find a, find a true balance between ourselves and, and others. Um, we like to see what someone else is doing we do a lot of looking at other people instead of looking at ourselves. A lot of comparing going on, especially because social media and everything. And that's exact opposite of mindfulness. You know, you need a you need a key. You need a equilibrium between the two. Because if you don't have an equilibrium, you're either going to be selfish, or you're going to be too focused on on others. Yeah, and it's like look at the gym, and look at everything else. We are so focused on our outside um, character and our physique and. We're eating healthy because of not what's inside of our, you know, to take care of our bodies and longevity. We're eating to look better, have those abs, have a freaking nice bubblier ass, like all this stuff. Like we're going to the gym for our ego to look better. We're not like taking an inward approach and noticing how our emotions are, how our feelings are, you know. And it sounds cliche, but once you realize that you realize how much healthier you feel or how much like more refreshed you feel, let's just say, being mindful compared to your old self, you know? Exactly. Like, just saying, there's, there's always two ways to do things. So, like a gym example. Are you doing, are you working out because you want others to look at you and um, see that you are doing good, but from their perspective, or do you, are you doing it for yourself? Because you want to work out, you want to lift heavier, you want to be healthier. So, that's being mindful. Like, if you were to think about it, like, why do you work out? Do you work out for others or do you work out for yourself? And that's if you start being more mindful, you get to know yourself a little bit more and you understand your thoughts, your emotions that come with the things you're doing. And you kind of find out reasons why you're achieving these goals or what your actual goals are. Because you know, there's always that big picture and there's always those stepping stones. And it's like tapping into your purpose. Exactly. Yeah. So just remember that, you're, that mindful is all, always available to you. Yeah. Speaking about the gym, there's a reason why I don't like going to export anymore fitness because it's. I feel like it's a giant like not to bash export, but not to bash export. It's just full of freaking like testosterone has men that are like just full of their egos. They're trying to stroke it, like lifting the heaviest or, you know, like putting all this weight on. It's like shitty form. It's like, who are you impressing? You're just stroking your own ego for physical appearance for I could do this. Like it's shit. You could get an injury. You're going to be out for a while and for months. It's just not a cool environment. Grunting. It's just exactly. And if you're working out for others, that injury is going to set you super far back mentally compared to if you were working out for yourself, mm -hmm. you know, cause you're more mentally stable. Um, and you are more able to pick yourself back up if you're doing things for yourself instead of others. 
you know, like your mind is always with you. It's just your choice to turn to, to turn it on and be aware. Well, that's a problem because you being a conscious human, you're always faced with your ego. It's always on. You'd have to probably be on like some kind of shroom trip where you could kind of turn off your um, conscious and you're in your subconscious kind of tapping into that. So an ego is something we have to deal with a day to day because it's in charge of like what it's the frontal cortex prefrontal yeah and it's chart it's you know it's in charge of decision making and everything we're doing we just have to learn how to just like you said the equilibrium right, right. yeah I mean ego definitely plays a big role in mindfulness if you have a big ego you are most actually for sure not gonna be mindful at all you're not gonna be mindful of yourself you're not gonna be mindful of others you're just literally tunnel vision just about you. And just like men, for example, like when you could say they're egoistic, they have like that competitiveness and like wanting to like compare like, hey, I'm stronger. And that's where like men go back and forth. And exactly. that's not mindful at all. Right. Ego is if you have a high ego, you're not even doing the things you want to do for yourself. It's just a whole, you get completely different you. It's just you, but you're lacking something. You're lacking, lacking like emotion. You're lacking some kind of satisfaction. Like you're hundred percent in on that one that competitiveness or that you know that anger like you being the best you're so fixated on you becoming the best where everything else suffers around you you know um, like I said your mental health your emotional health you know suffers because you guys sacrifice something to add blocks to the you know yeah. to just being you and that could be anything it doesn't even have to be the ego it could be you chasing some kind of goal you chasing a lot of money or let's just say I want to get this house and you're so fixated on that one goal. That you lose the other things that are important that you're not aware of that you lose focus on exactly. because of not being mindful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for us being being nurses, it's a lot of times hard to incorporate mindfulness in our in our careers and our jobs on a daily basis. But we do have a few um, mindful tips and techniques for you guys to do. do so yeah, we're gonna talk about what are we gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about stress in the workplace and how we can incorporate mindfulness to combat that because. I'm sure everybody works at least eight hours plus, right? Working a full-time job. Unfortunately, we work 12s, hmm. and we feel burned out sometimes. Oh, yeah. And it's a real thing, and we don't take breaks. I think the standard for working a 12-hour shift, you're supposed to take at least three 15-minute breaks. Yeah, and one of those is supposed to be you not you having no dis- uh, interruptions or disturbed yeah. at all. Yeah, Uninterrupted. Yeah. So one of those should be uninterrupted. But just to give you some stats, um, 20% of Americans, workers, worry their boss will think that they are not hardworking if they take a break. And 13% of their coworkers will judge them for it. Another stat is 30%. They worry worry that they're going to get judged. Yeah, sorry. So 13% worry that their coworkers are going to judge them for for taking a break. Um, 38% of employees don't feel encouraged to take breaks. And 22% of Americans... A boss to say that employees who take a regular lunch are not hardworking. Interesting so, stats. I feel like for nurses, I think like seventy-five of them think that like they get discouraged on taking a lunch. It's exactly. Crazy. I, I got discouraged for like a good like two years. You know what? There's I rarely took breaks. Now I take them fairly consistently. There are nights where unfortunately I, I am unable to take a break, but I do try to plan out my schedule where I could at least take like a fifteen-minute minute break, which includes or which usually is fifteen minutes and a. Um, dark room in a massage chair and I'm napping for 15 minutes that's nice yeah so most of our like work thinking our focus our logical thinking goal oriented thinking thinking you use at work is done in a prefrontal cortex so that's always firing so if you're at work 12 hours your prefrontal cortex is working non-stop for 12 and the hours. ego is also located in the prefrontal cortex yeah. so like we said 
it's like a muscle. You know, you can't be doing curls for 12 hours straight without your arms getting sore or hurting. You know, you're going to cry if you do curls for 12 hours a day. So imagine using your prefrontal cortex for straight 12 hours without giving it a break. I believe everyone should take a break. I didn't value breaks. Um, and I was at one point a nurse that was like, like, you're taking a break. Like, can't you just eat your lunch here? Ego. That's the ego. Yeah, exactly. A very, very egoistic. Like if I'm taking a break, you know, I'm probably like, you know, lazy or something. But now that I started taking breaks, 15 minute break does me so good. Does me so good. I just take a nap for 15 minutes in a massage chair, you know, and that just hits the spot every time. You know, I do that before I draw blood and then I'm ready to go. Like I'm more focused. I, I'm less um, emotionally triggered. You know, even if you have that annoying patient, taking a nap or taking a 15 minute break helps so much. Definitely. Because you kind of tend to ease your stresses, is ease your anger towards that patient. And it's like a restart. And it, it just, it just, me so much good yeah i like how you said the restart so personally my thing on taking a break at work if i do have the chance because sometimes i am in the nurse's station eating and doing stuff while i'm taking a break which is kind of sucks but it's nice when you get you know your patients covered by somebody go into the break room personally i like to use an app um, insight timer or i have some like liked videos or liked uh, music on soundcloud i'll put on like a playlist and i have like um like a guided meditation, usually I just like specific like music, headphones, and just mellow out yeah. and just focus on your breath, right? And that kind of brings awareness back to yourself, back to your body. And you're able to kind of like, let's just say, tap into like the way you're feeling in that state of being and just kind of like be okay with those feelings, right? right? That's what mindfulness is, just acknowledging them and being okay with them because too much we... We like to suppress too much. Exactly. And yeah, I'll take a 15 if I can. I'll walk out and you feel clean, you feel sharp, your mental awareness is there, you feel like it's like a little mini reset, right? right. And you do feel better. Yeah. Do you nap at work? I try to. I try to. It's five, like 10 minutes, you probably could get out of it. Sometimes I do feel way more tired beforehand. Mm. Well, what I really like to do sometimes is I'll, have a cup, I'll drink a cup of coffee and I'll go take that nap because you know caffeine takes like 30 minutes to kick in. I'll wake up and I'm ready to roll. Yeah, that's smart. Maybe maybe I'm gonna try that. Yeah, but I just try to take a 15, 15 minute minute nap. So some key things for a nap is why I keep it short. You know, less than thirty minutes. Like twenty minutes is, is ideal if you if you get that in. You want to find a nice dark area. You don't want to have light hitting your eyes. You know, because you're not gonna be able to sleep. You know, even though you close your eyes and it's dark, if you have a lot of lot of light hitting it, you can still see kind of the light. Oh, that's when I buy a night mask. But yeah, you bring it to work. Maybe, maybe we'll make one for the future. Nah, maybe you want to. Yeah, you want to plan your nap so like plan plan work around your naps or I don't know well you can say plan work around your naps and be, just organize your day or night so you can fit a nap in and then don't feel guilty you know ask somebody to watch your patients you know ask somebody to just step in for you for that short amount of time let me give a little two cents in there though don't take a break and then there's things to do for your patient so then the other nurse is like I gotta do this shit come right. on or like like you know the insulin drips glucomander like do everything you have to do. Make sure everything is good. Your patient is good. That's everything is set before you take a break because you want to make it less stressful for your other colleague as well because I'm sure they're, they're going through stuff. They're trying to catch up on stuff and maybe they'll miss something that you were supposed to take care of because you're just not there. Exactly. Empty your Foley's, add a volume to your drips. 30 minutes, that's like what? Some drips that, you know, that's easy to add. Just add the 10 milliliters or whatever, yeah. you know. So be mindful of your coworker yeah. and your surroundings before you go in. And maybe you don't want to take a break. Maybe for those, like, you know, some of my coworkers like to take a cigarette break, you know. Get off the unit, take a cigarette. 
I don't, you know, personally encourage that, but, you know, do you whatever de-stresses your mind at that time. Exactly. Yeah, another thing about being mindful is taking a minute-to-minute approach. So you want to organize your tasks. Just know what you got to do when you come in, and I'm sure you got your own, own routine, and that's real good, but make sure that you're actually hitting those tasks. You don't want to you don't want to leave stuff out that's going to, you know, bite you in the end. So what I try to do is make a list, either mentally or write it down. I make a list of what takes the longest to do to the shortest or from the hardest to the easiest. And I just go down the list. I want to get the big things done out first because they take the longest, most amount of time. So if I don't get to those, you know, that kind of pushes that work on the next year. So I'd rather just do those, you know, like changing a long dressing or packing a dressing that's like, you know, to the bone takes a lot more time than changing the inner cannula yeah. of a trick. So you know, if you're short for time, do it the longest thing first. And that way, if something would happen in the, during the night or during the day at the end of the shift, you compensate for that time. And you leave the change the nasal cannula or not change the, change the trach cannula for the next nurse instead of you know, the whole dressing change. I'll probably tell respiratory to do it personally, but... Yeah, we just do them. I haven't seen respiratory do them. I just, I just pop it out. Sometimes I do it twice a shift. You know, it just depends on how much secretions they are. Or a track tie, I change them out if they're dirty, you know, all, the, all that jazz. I try to do um, oral care, like, at least... You're supposed to do, I think, two hours on a vented person or all that stuff, but I think if I at least get it done two or three times during the night, I think that's enough. You don't really got to brush your teeth every two hours, you know, like... Or take their teeth out, just depends. Exactly, you know. But I do agree with, like, grouping your work, especially if, like, you're going to an isolation room. Like, you want to take all your stuff with just so it's there ready to go. Because it's like the worst feeling when you forgot something and you got to like flag somebody down like, hey, can yeah. you get me this or can you give me this supply? And, you know, maybe it could kind of piss somebody off eventually. Right. So And you can't flag them. Nobody's around you. So now you got to whip out your phone, you know, and the gloves. And then you got to call somebody and you got to wash the phone. You know, it's just a just a hassle. It's a hassle. Just if, you, if you're prone to doing that, um, I would say get the supplies ahead of time and just put it near your desk or like on like a, a cow. Those computer on, computer on wheels. Or just write it down, put a po- write on a post-it, put it on a computer. Yeah, we have something to look at. That's that's actually pretty good. And what about mindfulness? We could kind of jump over to mindfulness, like, outside of work. How would you properly, um, I would or first, de-stress, we could talk about. Okay, too. so one of the best things is meditation. So meditation can range anything from sitting down with your, with your hands crossed, legs crossed, and, and just being quiet and just thinking. Or it can be something as easy as going for a walk. Or just a mindful reflect. walk. There's yeah. actually something called a mindful walk. Or just reflecting on your day. You know, um, you put the laundry in, dishes, dishes are done. So you just sit down and just think about your day, what you accomplished today, what you could have done better. And just like a self-reflection. Yeah. So but, uh, meditation, definitely agree. Personally, I like to do it before I go to bed because sometimes I have insomnia and my mind is just racing with thoughts. So sometimes I'll put on a quick little meditation and they'll mellow me out, calm my mind, just so I can kind of fall asleep. Yeah. Um, let's just say I'm stressed out or I'm behind the computer for a long time at home and I need a de-stress as well. You could go something for like a mindful walk. And that what, what that really means is just be present of the walk. So let's just say you're focusing on lifting your you know feet off the ground and focusing on the floor, the surface, like focusing on like a tree or something. So you're just trying to make your experience more rich by being in the present in a way and just like minimizing all those distractions that are running through your head. Exactly. And you can notice a lot of, a lot of new cool stuff that you didn't notice before. Like, you know, some nice flowers, springs coming up. 
New, new, uh, new nest in a tree. There you go. Yeah, birds chirping. Sometimes like, those birds get annoying, though. Like, when you get, get out of work and you're trying to sleep and you hear birds chirping outside your window. Sometimes or if you're working nights and you're trying to go to bed, like, at 2 a.m. and you hear birds chirping, like, God damn. Yeah, like, they're waking up, like, dude, relax, man. Mm-hmm. Do you got something to do? Do you got a job or something? And also, we did some kind of research for those that, let's just say, work in a desk or they want to take a break. Maybe we could incorporate it in the hospitals. Get a yoga ball. I think the American Journal of Occupational Therapy released something that um, showed that kids that were on a yoga ball that had ADHD and improved um, their attention and concentration and awareness. This is very interesting, actually. I would not mind sitting on a yoga ball. I haven't sat on a yoga ball for a while, but last time I remember they're pretty comfortable that I know of. I actually wouldn't mind getting one from home. I wonder if they could be, I wonder if they were allowed to bring it to work. Probably not. But maybe, like you said, maybe it was sort of movement. You can. You know, the nurse yoga ball movement. Because look at look at cigarettes. Back in the day, people used to smoke cigarettes in a hospital. And sure. that was the thing. Doctors encouraged smoking. Uh, I would love to see an advertisement how that yeah. looked. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know. But um, you know what I like doing? Aromatherapy. Aromatherapy. I like that. Um, lavender is good for stress, supposedly. Like, when you buy, like, aromatherapy stuff, it tells you, like, what is everything for? You know, this this helps you with this. This helps you with focus. This helps you with calming, with sleep. But um, we actually read a study, and then the results revealed that aromatherapy alleviated stress and improved quality of sleep in ICU patients after two days. So if you put aromatherapy on in a patient's room, if they could tolerate it, of course, you don't want to, some people are more sensitive to, like, the smell. Like, sometimes people say, like, hey, um, I don't want to be rude, but the nurse that came in here, I don't like their cologne. Not that I don't like the cologne, it's just, like, it's too much for me. A lot of, like, lung transplants, people with respiratory issues. So you obviously want to watch out for that, but if we're... ICU patients that could tolerate aromatherapy, they did have an improvement in, in sleep and stress with just aromatherapy putting out in the room. That would have actually pretty interesting mm-hmm. to incorporate that. I don't know who would be setting that up. I feel like we wouldn't have time. Right. But maybe we do get a diffuser for a patient. Personally, I like to use it myself at home too. I have one. And I feel like you get like enticed with the smell and everything. Right. And some sometimes, I guess, it grounds you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if if it improves concentration or all that stuff that, it, that they market. But just the smell alone makes me feel feel better, you know? It's like breathing in some, like, flavored oxygen yeah. would be pretty cool. Exactly. And then also another thing for people um, to help with, like, let's just say mindfulness at home would be, like, journaling. So as we call it, you get mindful, which is in the present moment. Journaling helps you write down those current present feelings and emotions and you get to kind of figure them out and you have them on paper and you could even notice habits. Like let's just say you start writing things that are distracting you day to day and you start looking at your journey. You're like, okay, well, this is bothering me. This is making me feel, you know, stressed out, anxious. And you start coping with your own self because you're looking inward with journaling. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, mindfulness just takes time to develop. It's not like an aha moment where light shoots from the sky, confetti drops on you where you're mindful now, like, oh, it's not how it works. It's just, it's like a muscle. So you, you train it day by day. The more you improve it, the better you are at, at being mindful. You'll understand yourself better. You'll understand what makes you feel certain emotions. You'll be better grounded. So you think mindfulness is going to make you a better person or human? I mean, a better. <laughs> not that a better, but I think it has. I'm less judgmental now. I'm more tied to my emotions. Like, I... It's easier to control your impulses and yourself when you actually think about what triggers them. And 
if you think about what triggers them and how you react, and you compare that to how you think you sh- how you should react, it makes you kind of more calm and then makes you more understanding of. So when you learn your triggers, you understand other people's triggers, so you kind of know how you should articulate yourself or word certain things. So it would help with like social dynamics, and you would kind of like back off from something because you're gonna be like, oh, this is bothering the person right exactly so a lot of times i will you know get like i'm sure we all get frustrated like to push the envelope a little bit you know like and, push your button right and then manifest allows you to you know switch sides and be like hey what if this person was doing this to me it's probably even though i'm angry i probably shouldn't do this you know if i attack them they're always gonna attack me back so let's just you know back off a little bit and you know the other person tends to back off too so are you building self-awareness in that present moment to allow you to do that or is mindfulness just giving you like a sense of their nonverbal cues and you're just like, okay, this person is getting pissed with that? Um, it's not really that a person is getting pissed with that. It's more of being mindful. So like you said, more of knowing yourself and knowing your reactions and what would cause you to be angry. So And that kind of allows you to like, understand other people's triggers. Okay. So you, just by you being mindful and knowing yourself and things you don't want to be done to you, you're not going to do that to others. Okay. So it's a, is it building like empathy in a way? It is definitely building empathy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Second camera shut off, guys. Yeah. What a sad moment for today's <laughs> podcast. But um, let's let's um, end with this thought. So mindfulness is not slowing down. It's just becoming aware of your feelings, your emotions, and being in the present moment for both work and life. So you're helping, it's helping you cope with your stresses, your emotions, and dealing with those, acknowledging them that it's okay the way I'm feeling, and moving forward with your day, being more mindful. And you being present helps eliminate all those unnecessary things that are happening in your life. How else would you kind of like wrap that around? I, I think that's a great, great wraparound. You know? I think you summarize basically all the mindfulness is the big umbrella of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I kind of said it better myself. And you just have to learn how to deal with your everyday stress. So learn how you could incorporate mindfulness in the workspace by little things like what? Taking breaks, going for a mindful walk if you can, going for a cigarette if that's what you like. I don't recommend um, that. Yeah, taking a nap, just getting away from the environment that's giving you unnecessary stimuli. And getting a break, becoming present, mental clarity, all that good stuff. And at home, you said um, meditation, meditation, aromatherapy, just go exercise, which we like doing, stretching. We didn't even talk about that, but stretching is definitely another great one. Yeah, definitely. If you're sitting there for a long period of time, your hands get tight, your legs, your um, glutes get tight, lower back kind of starts to hurt, just, you know, do the cat dog pose for a little bit, stretch out on on the ground, you know, look, look up a YouTube video, you know, and that makes you feel better, so much better. Like the, your pain's gone. You know, sometimes there's times where I had like really bad back pain for like a like a hard gym day or something where I tweak something and just stretching. Just, just that, having that pain go away just makes you feel so much more at ease. Yep. And these are all techniques that are very inward based that are helping you cope with stress. And if you're looking at the external ones, people like to dwell and, you know, watching TV because they're so unhappy with their present life. They rather just drown in Netflix and try to escape the reality instead of making sense of and making you know feeling better, or um, 
smoking or drinking all these external stimuli to deal with stress instead of looking inward so okay. kind of wrap things up guys be mindful not mind full so keep that mind empty guys exactly um we have a little task for you guys try to be mind- more mindful on monday try to learn from yourself try to get in touch with your emotions a little bit this monday because mondays are rough i'm rather rough for all, of, for all of us yeah and don't think of monday like oh shit my weekend's over i gotta work now Treat your Monday differently. Set some goals. Learn different habits that are affecting your productivity and just conquer life. Get better at it. So we'd love to hear your feedback on mindfulness, guys. Um, Drop us a comment on YouTube. Give us a rating. We'll see you guys next week. Take care, guys. Have a mindful week. Deuces.